Hello, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Demimond Paranormal Podcast. As you know, I'm Tori, your host for tonight, and in this episode, we will be talking about haunted prisons from all around the United States. So, sit back and relax, and let's talk about some ghosts. Now, just food for thought, could you guys imagine going to prison, you're being punished for however long, a few months, a few years, whatever have you, but as long as you're being miserable, being punished in prison, you know you got crappy food, boiled chicken that tastes like white paper, and a drink that tastes like orange tang at best, you even have to deal with a ghost in your cell or in the shower block with you? Could you even imagine that? I mean, to make matters even worse. On top of the haunted prisons that we're going to be discussing tonight, I also would like to throw in a little tidbit of a haunted place that is not so ordinary, somewhere where you wouldn't think you would find a ghost. And that place is a haunted candy shop located in Indiana with a pretty interesting backstory that goes along with it I think. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and remember that Demimond Paranormal is available on Anchor.com, Apple, Spotify, and pretty much any other podcast streaming service. Also you can find us on Facebook.com Dummy Mond Paranormal, where we cover all things paranormal, witchcraft, dark history, dark anything really, dark figures in history, all things paranormal, that includes werewolves, vampires, all that good stuff, UFOs, aliens, all things mysterious and creepy. We also share th- so storytelling platforms, you are more than welcome to share your stories that you may have experienced yourselves or something that you've heard through a family member or a friend that you think is interesting and you want to share with others or you want to get some answers. Feel free to join our private group on Facebook.com. So with that being said, Let's start the episode. This is season 7 of Demimond Paranormal. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Demimond Paranormal Podcast. So before we begin, I just want to start off this episode by asking you guys how you guys are doing. I hope you guys are having a great 2023 so far. And now that we're in February, I just want to wish you guys a happy Valentine's Day. Whether you have a significant other or not, I hope you celebrate you being you. Or if you do have a significant other i hope it's really great it's romantic it's fun it's whimsical it's everything you hoped it would be and you feel really loved now for me personally i always just loved 
Valentine's Day. I mean, it's the chocolates, it's the themes, it's the stories behind it, it's the little doilies and pinks and reds and all the colors flying around. I don't know, I can't really place my finger on what it is that I love about Valentine's Day. I just do. I think it's the flowers and the candies. Even if you guys want to check out Demi Mom Paranormal's podcast episode about the history of Valentine's Day, we have that available as well. And it's a quite the interesting one. You'll learn about how the ancient Romans celebrated what we know as Valentine's Day today. So if that's something that interests you, check it out. Now, like I said before, if you're new to this um, podcast, we explore all things that is either mythology or dark history or whatever you have, whatever you name it. Like, if it ties into something being paranormal, we'll cover it here on Demimond Paranormal Podcast. So, with on that note of things being sweet and romantic, we are going to visit a little sugar shop or candy shop located in New Albany, Indiana. Now, this shop is located on Pearl Street in New Albany, and it's a candy store that is owned by a lady named Stevie Carper. And she bought the establishment in 2020, and she even hired along her daughter to help her run the business. Her little candy shop is named New Albany Sugar Shop. Now, Stevie says that she says that she can feel somebody watching her, and she says that when she looks in the mirror, she can feel people standing behind her or someone standing behind her really and the person behind these ghostly feelings of being watched is a man named Frederick Nolte now Frederick Nolte came to the states as the town baker in New Albany and he arrived to America from Germany in 1817 but he mysteriously went missing in 1820 and people noticed immediately. Now the police were quickly notified and the tips came in about the last night Frederick was seen alive. It was when he was drinking with his friend a Danish man named John Dahman. Now apparently, after about 10 days after the man had gone missing, some men went out, went out fishing on the Ohio and they found Frederick's body. And they knew this was a murder case because this is the interesting part. Frederick's throat had been split and his head had been cracked open. Quite violent if you ask me. Now, the man who did it, John Dahman, went on the run, and he had crossed the border into Canada to try to evade the law enforcement. And for a few days, he laid low for a while, until he could not stand the fact that he missed his wife so intensely. And this is what did him in. He sent her a letter written in Danish, 
but she herself did not speak Danish. So she took it to a neighbor to translate, and the neighbor basically betrayed him and went to the police with the information that he had learned in the letter. When the police came up to catch with a plan to catch Dahlman, an officer dressed up as his wife to learn to lure him into a trap, and then they slapped the cuffs on him and dragged him back to America, where he would face trial for the homicide of his friend. Now, Frederick Nolte's murder marked several firsts in New Albany. This was the first homicide in the town's history, and John Dahman's conviction in his hanging was the first for the town as well. Now, the town's first sheriff was responsible for the arrest, and the first judge presided, and because of all the storytelling around the trial, the new, the new town's newspaper began. After the murder of Frederick Nolte's murder, the establishment became a dry goods store, and then it became a ship, a ship loading store, and a repair shop for boats, and also a tattoo shop and other businesses. Then it became a candy shop, and for the first time, the space sold the space, the space sold food again since Nolte's death. Um, Stevie Carpenter also said that she believes that the murder took place in a back room of her business that had been unfinished with dirt floors and old exposed bricks. She says that the spirit of Frederick Nolte is brought back because of all the candy and making of food. And this is because she makes candies in the back room and she feels that his spirit is most attached to that place. But she's not frightened of it. And she feels that Frederick Nolte's spirit likes it and he, he's a part of it. So, needless to say, Frederick Nolte's spirit is not considered harmful or dangerous to Stevie or her daughter. In fact, Stevie described a situation where her shop was starting to flood, and she was alerted to the damages quickly by a little push. Stevie says she feels like it was Frederick, telling her to be aware before things got worse. She says that, that Frederick is not mischievous but she can't get him to clean the floors. <laughs> so he won't cling for her, basically. But at least he's a good ghost. I thought you guys would like that little tidbit before we go on to the more serious, spooky, and dreary haunted persons in tonight's episode. And now we're going to continue on to the prisons. Alright, and we're on to our next part. Haunted jails and haunted prisons. So let's begin, shall we? Alright, our first stop 
of the list is in Mansfield, Ohio. This is the Ohio State Reformatory. Now, this reformatory was made famous by the film The Shawshank Redemption. And the reformatory was first opened in 1896, and it was intended to be a place to humanely rehabilitate first-time offenders, but since then, conditions rapidly deteriorated, and torture and abuse became an everyday occurrence, and over 200 inmates died in either fights or horrible, relentless beatings. It's said that their restless spirits still roam the six-tiered cell block. However, the inmates aren't the only spirits that are said to haunt the jail. In 1950, the warden's wife, who was named Helen, died from a gunshot wound, and it's not clear whether she had shot herself or she was even murdered. Or maybe perhaps it was a tragic accident. But visitors have been known to suddenly smell perfume in the warden's private bathroom, and they hear the voices of both the warden and Helen arguing. Now, needless to say, Ohio State Reformatory is considered to be the most haunted places in the entire country. So, I don't know about you guys, but that little tidbit of visitors being able to hear both the warden and his wife arguing tells me that maybe she was killed in a crime of she was killed in a crime of passion rather or maybe she even killed herself who knows our next location is the eastern state penitentiary in philadelphia pa now this imposing building with its 30-foot stone walls its foreboding towers and its treacherous iron gates was the world's first true penitentiary a prison designed to encourage penitence in the hearts of the inmates solitary confinement in windowless rooms drove many inmates insane while hundreds of others died from illnesses and torturous punishments prescribed by the guards now the building did close in 1971 but that does not stop visitors from and employees from hearing strange apparitions and mysterious footsteps and even the clinking of jailhouse keys our next spot is located in Chicago, Illinois. This is the Maxwell Street Police Station. So, in the wake of the Great Chicago Fire of 1871, the population around Maxwell Street soared, and so did the crime rate. Italian mobsters, such as the Gena brothers, who were partners of Al Capone, created a culture of fear causing the area to be dubbed Bloody Maxwell in the wickedest police district in the world. At the center stood the iconic police station, which became notorious for brutality, corruption, bribery, and even torture. 
Many lawbreakers met their end in a basement dungeon, and visitors have reported hearing screams, ghostly moans, and rattling of bars. The West Virginia Penitentiary, located in Mansville, West Virginia. This penitentiary was built in 1866. The West Virginia Penitentiary took all executions for the state, all of them. Nearly a hundred inmates were either hung or electrocuted, but their executions account for only a fraction of the deaths of the jail. There was terrible overcrowding, and even three men were crammed into one five-by-seven cell, which led many inmates to commit suicide, while hundreds of others died from the brutality of the guards, illnesses, and poor sanitation, or by being mur murdered by fellow inmates. Visitors have reported hearing ghostly footsteps and voices, and even apparitions have been seen in the North Hall, where the most violent inmates were held. Also, apparitions have been heard and seen in the execution chamber. So, our next location is a very famous one. This is one of the most haunted prisons of all in the United States. This is Alcatraz. Located in San Francisco, California. The Rock was the ultimate American prison, an isolated island fortress surrounded by freezing waters and churning currents. Deemed inescapable, it became home to some of the most infamous criminals in U.S. history, including Al Capone and Machine Gun Kelly, and not the rapper. The guards outnumbered the inmates by three to one, and were almost as hardened as the felons they supervised. Suicide, murder, and insanity became common. But since Alcatraz's closure in 1963, the staff and visitors alike have encountered numerous ghostly apparitions and heard, and heard the sounds of screaming and weeping. And not to mention the ghost of Al Capone, who, from what I believe, from stories that I've heard, he makes himself, he manifests his spirit in the shower room. And people also have claimed that you can hear him playing his banjo, even in the afterlife. And moving on, I got even more haunted jails and prisons for you guys. Our next haunted prison or penitentiary or whatever you want to call it is the Missouri State Penitentiary in Jefferson City, Missouri. Now, this prison was known as The Walls. It was constructed in the early 1830s and it was to serve the newly admitted state of Missouri. The earliest prisoners made the bricks that the first walls were built from. The initial prison population consisted of one guard, one warden, and 15 prisoners 
and a foreman for the brickmaking operation with an assistant. Eleven of the fifteen prisoners were, were from St. Louis and were all incarcerated for larceny, except for one who was imprisoned for stabbing a man during a drunken brawl. So, needless to say, the prison grew many times over the years until it closed down in 2004. But during its operation, it saw many infamous prisoners, including Charles Pretty Boy Floyd, James Earl Ray, Bobby Greenlee's kidnappers, Carl Austin Hall, and Bonnie Headley. Hedy, sorry. They were executed at the prison. In 1954, there was a major riot at the penitentiary. The Missouri State Highway Patrol, National Guard, and police departments of Jefferson City, St. Louis, and Kansas City, Missouri were called to help in with the crawling in disturbance. When it was all over, four inmates had been killed, 29 had been injured, and there had been one attempted suicide. Now four guards had been seriously injured and several buildings had been burned. During its operation, 40 inmates were executed in the gas chamber and Time magazine once called this place bloodiest, the bloodiest 47 acres in America for the frequent, for the frequent violence inside its walls. It probably becomes no surprise to anyone, but since its closure, the penitentiary had become a hotspot for paranormal activities. Both staff members and, prison and prisoners alike had reported dozens of eerie encounters with lingering experience. When have been seen, heard, and encountered firsthand. Our next location is in Wyoming. This is the Wyoming Territorial Prisoning in Laramie, Wyoming. Now the westward expansion of the railroad brought more money and high times to the people in Laramie, Wyoming. It also brought a score of unsavory men and women with an even higher crime rate that rivaled much larger eastern cities. So, as a result, the Wyoming Territorial Prison was built as a federal penitentiary in Laramie in 1872. The facility was plagued with problems from the start, with a fire in 1873 and a number of escapes. Of the 44 prisoners that, that were accepted into the first two years of operation, 11 of those prisoners have escaped. And by 1877, the prison was so overcrowded and had a reputation that worsened over the years. Changes were made and a second cell block was constructed. It became a state prison from 1890 to 1901. There were at least five cells for female inmates and several solitary confinements. Soon-to-be famous outlaw Butch Cassidy was incarcerated here from 1894 to 1896. So after its closure in 1903, the prison was given to the University of Wyoming, which used it for livestock breeding experiments 
1989. It opened to the public as a historical site for two years later, and stories of ghosts began to circulate, with more than 1,000 inmates housed over there over the years. It's not it's to be expected that some of the prisoners or guards might linger behind, even after death. However, there is one prisoner who reputedly is more active than their others, and his name is Julius Greenwald. He was sent to prison for the 1897 murder of his wife, and prison lore states that um, Julius was adept to making cigars and was convincing person staff to allow him to make and sell cigars while incarcerated. He allegedly made the cigars from his cell on the third floor, a cell that was removed during the renovation of the site. Allegedly, Julius Greenwald's spirit did not appreciate this and had mis manifested as a phantom cigar smell as the prison ever since. So how about that, y'all? I hope you guys are enjoying tonight's episode. I hope you guys are learning something new. And as we... before Actually, before we dive a little bit more deeper into the haunted prisons and jails, I hope you guys will take the time to leave a suggestion on what place in the United States or from all around the world would you like to hear about that has haunted locations. What I mean is, is there a certain state that you can think about that has a really interesting list of haunted locations that you would like to have spotlighted on Demi Monte Paranormal? Let me know down in the comments, or if there is a certain theme that you guys would like to hear about, such as, I don't know, Haunted libraries or haunted theaters or you name it. Leave a, a comment down below and we'll think about it. Or if you would just like to hear regular ghost stories from real life people such as yourself. Or you, if you would like to send in a story that you would like to tell the world through here at Demimont Paranormal. Feel free to contact us. Now on to more haunted locations. Our next location is Pottawatomie County Jail in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Now, Pottawatomie County Jail was built in 1885 and is one of the most unusual houses of incarceration in America. Now, this jail has a three-tiered cell block with ten cells on each tier. It was originally designed to rotate continuously throughout the night of means of water wheel in the basement. Earning it the nickname of the Squirrel Cage Jail. Now, by the way, all of the prisoners would be watched from a central location. And unfortunately, the 45-ton cell block was simply too heavy to work right and became struck, stuck frequently. Eventually the jailers gave up on the plan and a night guard had a night guard had to be hired. 
The cylinder continued to be used up until 1960, when a prisoner died and his cell in the cell block jammed, trapping the body in the cell for several days. After that, cell doors were cut into every cell. The jail was closed down in 1969, and during its history, four deaths occurred within its walls. One man died of a heart attack, another in a fall when he tried to write his name on the ceiling, and another man hanged himself in a cell. And after the last incident, when an officer fatally shot himself in the confusion of protecting the jail from an angry mob during the farmer's holiday strike of 1932. So it's no surprise that these unlucky un individuals, along with others, still are believed to linger at the old jail. And our next location is in Link County Jail. This is located in Crown Point, Indiana. Now, the Lake County Jail, located in the county seat of Crown Point, was built in 1908 and enlarged 20 years later. At that time, county sheriffs were required to live at the jail, and so were the combined residents in jail included all the facilities needed for purpose of law enforcement institution. Located within the walls were the family's living area, wardens' residence, department, offices, and 150 cells, maximum security accommodations, an institutional kitchen, food storage, heating and cooling systems, a barber shop, and a garage. It was considered to be one of the finest in Indiana and thought to be escape-proof. However, on March 3, 1934, a very famous or infamous gangster named John Gillinger proved to be otherwise when he made a daring escape that gave the jail a continuing infamy that lingers on. The jail remained in, in operation until the 1970s when it became a historical site. As restoration has continued over the last two decades, stories have emerged about a haunting at the jail. Apparitions have been seen in cells and corridors, and strange photographs have been taken. Doors open and close by themselves, and even lights turning on and off. There has been stories of hearing disembodied footsteps and voices that have been reported by both volunteers and visitors alike. Alright, on to our next couple locations here. We have the Ohio State Penitentiary in Columbus, Ohio. Now, the Ohio Penitentiary saw its fair share of deaths since it opened in 1834. Although it was condemned by those who were formed, it remained open until 1979. The building itself was taken down, but there are still reports of apparitions haunting the space where the formal penitentiary once claimed. 
Many people died from cholera outbreaks of fire, execution by electric chair, and murder when, it's, when the penitentiary was in operation. There was a massive fire in 1930 that killed a staggering 322 inmates that night. And after that night, the inmates complained of ghosts and supernatural occurrences. Once it was torn down, there were sites of apparitions haunting its ruins. The former penitentiary site is now sits on the area district with Burnham Stair condominiums, McPherson Commons, and several space buildings, office space buildings, and parking garages that now stand on the site. So I would like to say that that space was soaked in blood. And also, y'all, feel free to share any stories that you have while visiting one of these supposedly haunted prisons. Whether it be one of the prisons that we mentioned here on tonight's episode, or one jail or prison that you probably visited yourself or you've heard stories about. Our next location is the old Idaho State Penitentiary in Boise, Idaho. Now this prison first opened in the 1870s and it was closed in 1973. It began with one cell house before growing into a large complex of buildings surrounded by a sandstone wall. When it was opened, it housed over 13,000 criminals, some of them being the most dangerous in Idaho. They were were forced to mine the rock quarries nearby to build the walls of their prison. The conditions were so brutal with the surrounding sandstone keeping the summer heat in and creating bitter cold conditions in the winter. Now, as you can imagine, diseases spread easily because of the lack of proper plumbing and very poor ventilation systems. There were very obvious riots, fires, and deaths before it was abandoned. 110 people died within its walls from illness, old age, executions, and murder. Now, the gallows were originally set up in the Rose Garden, and some spirits have been have remained there. There is a male spirit dressed in gardening clothes seen walking amongst the garden. People have also felt moving cold spots when it's warm outside with no wind. It now operates as a museum and reports of the supernatural are common. People have reported feeling dread, anxiety, sadness, being touched, hearing whispers, disembodied voices, and seeing flickering lights. Five house where murderer Raymond Allen Snowden was executed is the most active spot and people speculate that his ghost remains there. And Douglas Van Vlack, who killed himself, shows his presence in Five, as well by killing batteries and causing green light. So I thought that was a really interesting little tidbit to include in tonight's episode.
And our last haunted prison that we're going to be talking about tonight is one that we're going to send off in our outro for tonight's episode. This is the Bushy Mountain State Penitentiary in Tennessee. Now, the Bushy Mountain State Penitentiary is also called the End of the Line and has a long history of operation from 1896 to 2009. The most infamous inmate is James Earl Ray, who murdered Martin Luther King Jr. He escaped from here once for 58 hours with six other inmates. He was captured with just eight and a half miles away. He died in this prison in 1998 and it is rumored that his spirit never left. The rugged terrain instilled a feeling of hopelessness into the inmates. People have reported screams and a clanging noise that could be Ray longing to escape again or hitting the bars. These noises could be caused by those who hung themselves or those who were severely beaten or the prisoner who was chopped up and flushed down the toilet. There was an average of one murder in this prison per week. So just food for thought. And with that note, I'm going to send you off to have very sweet dreams and a good day and even a good week until we see you again at Demimond Paranormal. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys have a good time. Happy Valentine's Day. And... Please consider joining our private group, Demimond Paranormal. Same way you see here on Facebook.com, we're a private group where we share things, all things paranormal, spooky, and interesting. Alright, with that being said, stay spooky, be kind to one another, make good choices, and I'll see you again real soon.